take your Bible, if you would, please, for a few moments. Make your way to the back of your Bible in the New Testament. Find, if you would, please, the books of First and Second Peter. First and Second Peter will be our text this morning. And uh, I hope and pray that you have a scripture, that you will be able to see the Word of God. I confess to you right at the beginning of this message that this message will be an introduction to another message that I will preach to you in the month of February entitled, The Cycle of Spiritual Growth. And um, I have been dominated with the thought of spiritual growth, not just in my own personal life, but for our church life. And I hope and pray to convene to you through the preaching today uh, my desire for you, child of the living God, my desire for you, brother and sister in Christ, my child for you, Christian, no matter if you've been a Christian for a few weeks or you've been a Christian for many years, on the subject of spiritual growth. And uh, so important is this subject and so wonderfully communicated to us by the Apostle Peter, who stands as a beautiful example of spiritual growth in one's life. As you were to measure his life as he walked with the Lord Jesus in the Gospels, you will find an up and a down and an up and a down and not a whole lot of spiritual growth. But there was a day called Pentecost Day when the Holy Spirit of God indwelt Peter and filled Peter. And from that moment, you can measure the wonderful growth that happened in his life. So measured by the two epistles that he has written. I would submit to you that growth in the physical life is just as important as growth in the spiritual life. Anything that is alive grows. As long as you have physical life, you are growing. No, pastor. I stopped growing when I was in the 10th grade. I stopped growing when I was 25. That may have been when you stopped growing taller, but I have found through my life I can grow wider. Growth is the evidence of life. Spiritual growth is the evidence of spiritual life. There cannot be spiritual growth without the Holy Spirit of God. Spiritual growth, so important to the Christian life. When the physical body stops growing, the physical body dies. We say in life, if something's not growing, it's plateauing and it's going backwards and it's headed toward the death cycle. I would submit to you that a church that is alive, a believer that is alive in the Lord Jesus Christ continues with spiritual growth. And so your pastor wants to ask you a question today, Christian. Are you spiritually growing Sad thing is, is we get saved, we have a honeymoon period, it seems, with the Lord where there's initial wonderful spiritual growth, but sometimes the longer that we've been saved, the more absent absent we are of spiritual growth. You should be a better Christian today than you were the day you got saved. 
Spiritual growth ought to be a cycle in your life. It ought to be something that the believer is concentrated on, something that is important to the believer. We grow our investments. We grow our portfolios. We grow our businesses. We grow our children. We grow our hobbies. We grow our gardens. We grow our nest eggs. We grow a lot of things. But there's nothing more important in the life of a believer than growing spiritually. Peter wrote two epistles. The first epistle he wrote around A.D. 65. He wrote this epistle to people who were being annihilated. There was a Roman emperor named Nero. You could not meet a more cruel man upon the planet than Nero. Nero hated God, he hated Christ, and he hated the Christian. And the vicious persecution that Nero unfolded on the church, just as an example, to light his gardens, he would take believers, he would pitch them in oil, and he would set their bodies on fire, and he would hang them as human torches to light his gardens. Paul Peter is writing to these people, these believers that are having to deal with this. And if you look at verse number one of chapter number one, you can understand the evidence or the consequence of this. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers, what's that next word class? Scattered, First Peter chapter one, verse number one. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered. Of course they were scattered. If Nero was to find them, you would, be, you would be persecuted. You would be lit on fire. You would be merciless and cru- crucifully treated. And so the, church, the believers were facing this type of persecution. Notice if you would please in verse number 6 of chapter 1, Peter references this as heaviness in their life. Heaviness that could bring about a manifold temptation in their life. In verse number 7, he called it the trial of their faith. When you come over to chapter number 2, verse number 1, this type of persecution and this type of pain and this type of movement had the opportunity to do certain things inside a man or a woman. Chapter 2, verse number 1, wherefore, laying aside all malice, you light my wife or my children up on on a pole and you hang them to light your garden, that has the ability to create malice in a man. Guile, hypocrisies, envies, evil speakings, all of these things. These believers were having to fight because of what they were doing. Now watch Peter. Verse number two, as newborn babes, I saw Aiden come to church today, I was thinking of him, newborn babes, watch this, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may, what class? Grow. Circle that word grow. Peter said to the believer and to the church, the way that you sustain evil persecution, the way that you sustain the hatred of Nero, and the way that you sustain letting that affect you spiritually is that you grow 
spiritually. Look down, if you would, at verse number uh, 5 of chapter number 2. He describes the Christian as a lively stone, built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. First Peter is a book that's written to people who are suffering. A wonderful Bible study would be, if you see my Bible, I don't know if you can see it from there, I took a red ink pen and everywhere the word suffer, suffering, or suffered is mentioned in First Peter, I circled it. Whenever you're going through suffering, child of God, First Peter is your go-to book. Don't forget about it. You ought to do it. It's a wonderful study. Peter said the way that you handle suffering is that you go to the Word of God for spiritual growth. Go to 2 Peter chapter 3, please. 2 Peter chapter 3, this is the last chapter of his second epistle, written about one year later. You will find that in this epistle, he's dealing with spiritual knowledge. You would take that same ink pen and encircle the words knowledge, knowing, or remembrance. They're all the way throughout 2 Peter. But there is, uh, there is mocking and scoffing in the society toward the promise of the coming of the Lord in verse number 4. There is this willful ignorance in, in denial of God in verses 5 all the way down to verse number 8. And the Apostle Peter is teaching the church how to live in a world filled with false prophets and mockery and denial and an ungodly world. And I want you to come over here, if you would please, to verse number 17 of the chapter. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also being led away with the air of the wicked shall fall from your own steadfastness. Now watch verse 18. But, what's our word? Grow. There it is again. Circle it if you would please. You circled it in 1 Peter. You circled it in 2 Peter. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen. And the church said amen. So I'm asking you church family how you doing on your spiritual growth. When's the last time you gave it attention? When's the last time it motivated you? It became the paramount and priority of your vision and of your life. If you had to kind of measure yourself in your spiritual life right now, how tall are you? How strong are you? Would you say that you are actively, spiritually growing? Well, pastor, I've been saved many years. There's not too many things more I need to learn than you're better than the Apostle Paul. And nobody would dare say that. I would submit to you, if you're not growing, you're dying. And I would submit to you that the church of Jesus Christ today, I'm worried about is not growing and I'm worried about it dying and its influence to reach a world for the gospel of Jesus Christ. The word grow. The word means to increase. It means to become greater. It carries with it the idea of an enlargement, a depth. I would ask you, church family, I would ask you, longtime Christian, are you increasing 
in your spiritual life? Are you becoming greater in your spiritual life? Many times I'll preach a message like this and I'll challenge you and I'll prick you, but then sometimes people say, Pastor, practically break this down for me. Wonderful. Go, if you would, to Second Peter chapter 1 and let me practically break it down for you of what the cycle of spiritual growth looks like. I hope you have your ink pen. This, is be, this will be where we will be for the rest of our time, these few moments, and then we will revisit again here in, in, in a few weeks. Verse number 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by ye these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. This is the growth of the believer. And besides this, giving all diligence. What's that little word, class? Add. Circle that word. It's the key to your spiritual growth. Add. Add to what? Add to your faith. These are things that Peter is getting ready to acknowledge. There's seven of them. That after you have come to saving faith in the Lord Jesus, there is a walking faith, a working out faith of of your newfound life that needs development and growth. And the needing of that development and growth is an addition of seven things. You see them there, verse number five. Virtue. Knowledge. Verse number six, temperance, patience, godliness. Verse number seven, brotherly kindness, charity. Please read verse number eight. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren or useless, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Many believers feel like they're useless when it comes to the things of God. It's because they're not spiritually growing. Verse number 9, But he that lacketh these things is blind, cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. I would submit to you, Christian, That as long as you have breath in your physical body, that you and the Spirit of God inside your spirit, you are to be actively growing for the glory of the Lord. So scale of 1 to 10, just you and God, the only person that knows your mind, 1 to 10, 1 being stagnant, 10 being Elon Musk, a rocket, where are you? Put a number. Force yourself to put an honest number. That word add, it means to bring in. The word add there that Peter is writing about means Do your part. It carries with it the idea of practice and exercise. What is Peter teaching us? God enables us to grow. God gives us opportunity 
to spiritually grow. We cannot spiritually grow without Him. But we have a part to play in the spiritual growth. The word add means adding on your part. Practicing. Exercising. Using. I think most Christian people think that they spiritually grow the same way they passed algebra class by osmosis. No. Spiritual growth determines effort on your part. It determines the addition of certain things into your life. The only reason that these things are even possible for you to bring in your life is because you have the Spirit of God in you. So understand, Christian, what happens. Before the Spirit of God indwells you, you're not a believer. The Spirit of God indwells you when you say, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Save me, redeem me, forgive me for being a sinner. Take me to heaven when I die. I ask you to do this now. At that moment, the Holy Spirit of God indwells you with all of the reality you can muster. If you've had that experience, say amen. He brings into you his, the nature of God. I had my sinful, lustful nature that dominated me in my flesh, but now there is a new sheriff in town. Stronger than my old nature, able to keep and protect me, he's able to run my life as long as I am surrendered and filled to him. So as the Holy Spirit of God indwells me, my responsibility every day is to let him Fill me or control me. And so I wake up in the morning and I say things like, Holy Spirit of God, I surrender myself to you. Thank you for being in me. Thank you for saving me, for keeping me. Now I ask you to help me to know holiness, guide and direct in my life. I give you control of my life today. Upon that control and and indwellment of the Holy Spirit of God, then he takes over and the Holy Spirit of God has a flavor to him. It's called the fruit of the Spirit of God. And as he begins to take control into my life, the flavors of those lives begin to appear. And the Lord Jesus gives me opportunities to grow. But when I come to that opportunity, it's my responsibility to add, to apply, to practice what the Holy Spirit of God is doing in me. Tell me you understand that by saying amen. Seven things, by the way, seven's the number of God. It's the number of maturity. It's the number of completeness. Seven things God says, you believer, add to your faith. Let's just list them and then I'll be done. The first one is virtue. You find this word virtue mentioned at the bottom of verse number three. Every person who's been saved by the Lord Jesus, we have been called to glory and to virtue. That's moral excellence. Moral excellence. Believers in the Lord Jesus, people that are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, the first thing that I add to my faith by the grace of God in the name of God is moral excellence, morality. This message needs to be preached in the, in the church of Jesus Christ today because I have a feeling that many people that attend church faithfully are going to wake up in hell finality-wise. Never, never in my lifetime, not our church per se, but never in my lifetime has the church of Jesus Christ been more immoral than it is today. 
And do you understand that Peter said the very first area of, of, of growth that you add to your faith is moral, moral excellence? That means when God saves you, your morality changes. When I get to this point, I'll teach you that morality begins in, once, it's, once the work of the new creation has been done in your heart, morality begins in your mind. Paul said, if there be any virtue, think on these things. The morality that begins in your mind brings you to the mortification of your flesh. God is not immoral. And neither should his people be immoral. And the first thing that you are to add to your part of spiritual growth is moral excellence. Man, we need this message preached in every church in America. Knowledge, spiritual truth. This is a a seeking to know. This is knowledge of inquiry and investigation. This is knowledge that comes from the word of God. Ignorance is not bliss. Paul, Peter says, as we are growing spiritually and we're adding to our faith, the cycle of growth is the addition of spiritual truth. This truth comes from the word of God. This truth affects my mind. It affects my rationale. It makes me run everything through the, through the binoculars of the word of God, through the power of the word of God. This knowledge is an intimate knowledge that Peter would link between a husband and a wife. Nobody is going to spiritually grow without the word of God. And it's our responsibility to apply the Word of God. Add it to our lives. As opportunity comes, it's not what does my mother think, my father think, my spouse think, my boss thinks. It's what does God think about this. If I'm going to know spiritual growth, I'm going to know the addition of spiritual truth into my life. And just let me make one plug for the Word of God. We believe the Bible is absolute truth. This is the inerrant inspired word of God. It is infallible. It is without error. It has been preserved by God throughout the centuries and mankind can hold in his hand the word of God, which is absolute truth. Boy, we're being attacked by that so much today. Temperance, self-control, This is something you should add to your life as you grow spiritually. This is man's response to God's righteousness. So many men are out of control. You have tempers that ignite in a second. You say things you never get back. You reach out in anger. I'm finding that it can go forth even into the ladies. We have the indwelling Holy Spirit of God. He is the controller of our lives. And we are to add to our faith in the cycle of spiritual growth. Self-control. Just let me say to the men in the room. Do I have any men in the room? Depends on what you're going to say. I'll say this. I want to defend all the women in the church. That should get it. We love you, pastor. Somebody. Thank you. It is a living hell to be married to a man who has not self-control. Come sit in my office. And listen to people newly married and married for years. Women who have to walk like this so they don't get this. A man who cannot control himself is probably a man who does not know the Lord and is definitely not walking with the Lord. And you create 
a prison of fear everywhere. You're welcome, ladies. Pastor took one on the chin for you. Patience, endurance, and trials of service. Godliness. This is God-likeness. You're not a God, but we have the attitude. We, talk, we think like God. We respond like God. God is in us. Brotherly kindness. Love. These seven truths. Virtue, moral excellence, knowledge, spiritual truth, temperance, self-control, patience, endurance, godliness, a God-likeness, brotherly love, brotherly kindness, charity, which is a volitional love. These are the things that you and I, Christian, have the responsibility to add to our faith that create a cycle of growth. I got to quit. Time's gone. Come back and hear the rest of this message. Let me just give you one point. You knew I was going to do that, right? If you, and, and that's not all is what the commercial says, doesn't it? Second uh, Peter 3, verse 11, just read it with me. Pastor, how do I know if I'm growing spiritually? Great, good question, right here. Peter says, and understand it, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, speaking to the Christian, what manner of person ought you to be? Peter's telling them how they ought to live their Christian life. Now watch this, verse number 11. In all holy conversation, which means my life is growing in holiness, godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming day of God, right? Verse number 14, wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent. If I'm growing in the Lord, holiness is growing in my life, godliness is growing in my life, expectation and vision of how I organize my life in the light of the coming of the Lord Jesus and a diligence is developing in my life. And that's, that's how I know spiritual growth is happening as those things are measuring out in our life. I would submit to you that I want 2022 to be a year of spiritual growth for our church and for us individually. Don't miss the next time I preach this message because I can, te- I can show you how to add these things so beautifully into your life and you can know the victorious Christian life promised to us by the word of God. Okay, that was fast. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for our time today. Just an introduction message as to our lives. God's people should be growing spiritually. We should have a morality about us. That's a godlike morality. We should love spiritual truth. We should have a control over ourselves as the Spirit of God helps us. We should have a patient endurance to stand the trials of life. We should have a brotherly kindness, a love, all of these things. I want our church to grow. I don't want us to be wide and not deep. I want us to be deep. And I want us to be deep corporately, but it means we're going to be deep individually. 
Lord, there might be somebody here today and they don't have any spiritual growth in their life and it's the evidence that they don't have the Spirit of God in their life. They're not saved. The good news is right where they sit today, they could open their heart and believe upon the Lord. Holy Spirit, move in our time now. Church family with heads bowed and eyes closed, just your pastor a sentence or two. What was your number? Where are you? Are you actively growing? Have you plateaued? Are you going backwards? Did you have some time when you were growing and now you've hit a hard time, a trial, a, a heartache, a disaster, something? We should be growing. Men, we should be growing as the leaders of our families. Ladies, we should be growing as the inspiration of your family. Church, we should be growing in unity for the outreach of the gospel. Got to measure your life. Pastor, to be honest with you, I was like Brother Sweeting. I was, I'm, I'm checking the box. Okay, let's get away from checking the box. Let's add these things to our life. Let's grow. And let's see what God can do. It will take effort on your part, which means a commitment. Maybe today when we give our invitation and you want to come down and commit to the Lord. Lord, I want to grow. Help me. Help me add these things. Maybe you're here today and you don't know the Lord. We'd love to take a Bible, show you how to be saved today. Your spiritual growth begins with your salvation. I trust that you have Christ in your heart. If not, we'd love to show you how. Would you stand, please? Father, have your way and will in our invitation now. We trust you and we thank you, Lord. You've set a tone of expectation, but now there's also the expectation of responding to what you've said in our hearts. Help us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Our song of invitation, take my life and let it be. Men of God, be here to pray with anybody that desires prayer. The altar is open. You can come sit on a pew, kneel at a step, or let us pray with you. We'd love to do that. You move as God leads you. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for Thee, swift and beautiful for Thee. Take my voice and let me sing always only for my King. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from Thee, filled with messages from Thee. Pastor, I've tried this before and I just can't. I do know the Lord and I do love the Lord, but... I just, I have not been able to know victory in certain areas or to grow or to do whatever. 
I just read you this verse. You might know it, out, know it in your heart. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. What a hope we have in the word of God. All right. Thank you for being here. We have our luncheon for our connection. Uh, folks, uh, church family, don't try to squeeze in. We have guards over there. So you'll have to go to La Bamba's or McDonald's or Jay Alexander's or Outback or Olive Garden, wherever you go. We're going over there. Be glorified, God. See you back next week. God bless you. In my life, Lord, be glorified, be glorified. In my life, Lord, be glorified today. Thank you. God bless you. You are dismissed.